0: Hello and welcome back to yet another Thigh Gap podcast episode. My name is Bogus Noog and Brute is not with us this week under the weather or so he says. I don't trust it for a second. With antisocial elements that have frequent run-ins with the law, uh, you can never take them for their word. So it's a volatile arrangement we have, to be honest. Anyways, let's move on. This week we're taking a quick break from our usual it's not easy template to cover a preview of the upcoming finale of the Dark Swamp series test between England and India. If you recall in the ThaiGa podcast we had covered the rest of the series before, which happened like 10 months back, and now finally we get to look forward to the final test match that's coming up in a couple of days. So why preview? Because Test Cricket is also about the narrative. It's not just about the stats. It's not just about who won, who lost on paper. That's boring. It's more about the narrative, the drama, the exciting, the meaty, juicy drama that this series gave us. A lot has happened in the last 10 months. And it adds a whole other layer to this finale that's coming up. And so, you know, it must be done to bridge the gap between what has happened so far. Now, this one is going to be more about England because they've really had more dramatic shifts in comparison. As for India, there's one team about to play this test in England. There's another team uh, in Ireland playing T20. There's another team playing T10 in the Middle East. Then there's another team playing gully cricket leagues back here at home. Then there's a batting and sponsor contingent who are deeply researching the flat earth. Because, you know, a flat Earth means flat pitches, flat pitches means more runs, and more entertainment, more money to be made. There's a different contingent of pacers, pace ballers, who are looking at the Moon, because the shift in gravity there could be more conducive, especially for them. There's another contingent of spinners who are looking at Titan, which is one of the many moons of Jupiter, because of the specific gravity conditions over there, you know, could really be conducive to flighting the ball and the loop that you get, uh, they happen to believe that it's going to be really lethal. So, you know, that's what they say. And uh, let's see. The BCCI has been busy. So coming back to what happened with England, about more than a year or so back, you know, the English team or the English test team decided they were going to put on a comedy show. It's the era of Chris Silverwood as the coach, known to be a nice guy. Famously known to have been hired by Ashley Giles because of an amazing PowerPoint presentation he made, believe it or not. Captained by Joe Root, another nice guy, but the on-field strategy, his ability to control maybe a few seniors in the team, that sort of came under question. Ashley Giles himself, managing director, known to be another nice guy who favored to give the players what they always wanted, or so they say. So basically an environment or an umbrella of niceties, which kicked off their plans, maybe a year or so back, plans that were maybe too clever by half, you know, like Nostradamus. They were planning off schedules for players well in advance, much in advance, who gets to play, who gets to come back home and uh, take some off time whether they were really best suited to play in those test matches or not, they really didn't, you know, factor that in. They just figured because of the COVID going on, we'll just have these few players keep coming in and going out. And we all know how well that worked. Speaking of Nostradamus, in the Thigh podcast, we did not get Nostradamus with us, but we did get Lostradamus. And he came as a special guest to do an episode with us called Of Greatness and Goodness. Check it out. But yeah, they were saying things back then when they were playing a test with Sri Lanka. You know, I heard things like, oh, the Sri Lanka test will give us a chance to prepare for the upcoming test with India because we're playing in subcontinent conditions. Okay, great. But when they came over to India, then we got to hear things like, oh, actually, these two, both these test series combined are in preparation for the Ashes because it's all about the Ashes. But then when time came for the Ashes, that was the final punchline performance. It was such a good show that they put up, it made professional comedians envious. One win in 17 tests, one player making bulk of the runs, not one opener that could stand more than 5 minutes, one spinner that was treated like an albatross by the captain, one other spinner was completely disappeared, like he said something wrong in China or something. Where is Dom Biss? What have you done with him? One draw by the end of the Ashes series, so the coach could finally say that, yeah, there were some positives to take away. So, of course, the Ashes got done, and uh, now it was time to actually look at what went wrong and make some changes. So, Rob Key came in for Ashley Giles. If you don't know Rob Key, or you may have watched these popular podcasts done by Sky Cricket, where there was a panel of Nasser Hussain, Mike Atherton, Rob Key, and uh, the host. I forget his name. But Rob Key is the guy who's not Nasser Hussain, not Mike Atherton, but the other guy who mostly got trolled uh, more than anyone else in that panel. But he's also an ex English cricketer who uh, comes from Kent. So Rob Key was quite vocal and specific and, you know, gave impassioned feedback about where exactly he thought the root causes were, where exactly was English cricket going wrong. And he was quite vocal about this. He was pointing out uh, individual root causes like this is going back to the club cricket, uh, which needs reforms. This is about the game being inaccessible, etc., etc. And in typical corporate fashion, you know, when someone gives solutions, the next impulse is to put the whole onus on their head, is to say, that's a great idea why don't you take that and run with it? Why don't you go about executing the solution there? And once again, in typical fashion, not recognizing that it probably takes a different skill set to identify and call out uh, problems and what their solutions could be versus the skill set to actually be able to execute those plans. So, you know, Rob Key has the unenviable task of now working with all the different club cricket teams in England to get them to track and to cause or to bring about reforms that we don't know how long that that may take. So, is that going to be successful? Is that going to be unsuccessful? Really hard to say now. But we do know if things go wrong, who are we going to look at? Rob Key. Sack the guy. Let's bring another guy. Anyone else with bright ideas? So because we probably don't recognize that it may take a different skill set to identify solutions and provide ideas versus actually executing those ideas, what happens is we're probably doomed, like Sisyphus, you know, that we have to keep rolling the boulder up to the hill only to watch it roll back down. And we have to start over from scratch. Like Vikram, who keeps hearing Betal stories one after the other, only to find that he slips away from his shoulder and goes back into the tree. Like humanity that uses similar metaphors in different languages only to, ah, fuck it, you get it, let's move on. But the point about the game being inaccessible in England was news to me. I thought, you know, that people were not taken to cricket in England as much because they got bored of it or they liked football more. But it turns out that in typical English fashion, they were actually being snooty about it. You know, something about the game being more of a posh indulgence, the game having a high barrier of entry. So what, they just wanted their lordships to play over five days, taking relaxed tea breaks in between? I mean, honestly, I do get that. You know, it is an aesthetic. It's a vibe set. Wasting away days like nothing else matters but the game and the breaks that you get to take in between. You get to stretch your legs under the shade of a tree. But it is also just an attitude. You know, a blue-collar guy can just as easily do the same at a smaller scale if, if he wanted or if he was allowed. Why an attitude is roped off for a certain class, that I'll never get. So now we're looking at a Ben Stokes captaincy away from Joe Root. A Brendan McCullum coach and the merry-go-round of openers-that is, Burns, Hamid, Sibley, etc.-all that has, it looks like it's all settled now. And now Alex Lees and Zach Crawley are at least giving England a start. They just had this test series with New Zealand, which was a washout: 3-0. Joe Root continues to print centuries faster than they print cotton garments at Tirupur. Ollie Pope is making runs now, but he's still not depriving us of those through-the-gate bolts, the clean bolts, which are, you know, they're always nice to watch. I'm getting used to those, almost. Broad and Anderson were taken out from the team for a while, but now they're coming back to the team to play against India. Anderson, of course, is bound to bring the clouds with him. Johnny Bairstow is on a roll, smiling wide, like, hey, you mean I can just play like uh, an ODI? What about a T20? I can play that too in, the, in a test format? My God. But Bear Store runs, admittedly, are great-looking runs. Um, you know, it's like watching a woodworker artistically chip away or a competent lumberjack, you know, like efficient, like swift arm actions, but gets the job done. And you just wonder at it. And finally, they got Ben Fox back. I think it should have happened earlier. But finally, they have him, and he's already repaired in kind in the series against New Zealand. Ollie Robinson, who was the highest wicket taker in the Dark Swamp series up until this point, is now being made to run along England's coastline because he has the stamina of a chain smoker working at a coal factory. Jack Leach, the albatross, is now taking five first back-to-back. Craig Overton, we last saw him walking away wincing in pain as India won a test match. Now it looks like his brother is back, Jamie Overton, who almost made a 100 against New Zealand. And Craig Overton is in the squad too. Will we get to see the Overton brothers shifting the Overton window? So there's a lot going on for England. They had a great series. I mean, it's not like New Zealand were crap, but somehow it was a 3-0. And they have momentum. They have Bryn McCullum and they have Ben Stokes. Still nice guys, but only off the field. On field, it's brash, aggressive, dismissive, borderline offensive. But in a good way, they got this guy Potts who's taking wickets. Everything's coming up England. But as for India, you know they look they look solid on paper. The bowling options, really, any which way you look at it, looks great. Um, I will, of course, miss the peak Kohli Rottweiler energy of you know going on the field and saying these next sixty overs should be hell you know, like it's 300 or something. And of course, the match that followed from ball one to the last wicket, that was one hell of a test. One hell of a test match. Batting wise, Pujara is the only one that really gives confidence because he did his time in the county stint. He's made a lot of runs there. So he really looks like he's set to go. The other players... I'm getting flashbacks of the World Test Championship Final, you know, where you just go for one test match to a brand new country, especially a country like England, where, you know, they have their own flavor of the conditions. So how much are our players going to be able to acclimatize quickly enough to make a great test match out of it? How much would they be able to come together as a team? Because some of them have been playing more actively in the recent past than others. We're not even sure if Rohit Sharma uh, can get to play or not, which is a bummer if he can't. It's uh, it's looking a little dicey. It's, it's tough to predict. I think POTS may see more success than expected, maybe because our batsmen have not really faced him. And on the Indian side, I think if they get to play, Shardul Thakur and Prasid Krishna probably might make waves. But that's just my guess. Let's see what happens. The problem is it's just one test, and England is coming off of a series of three test matches, 3-0, great momentum, and our guys are going there like, okay, now I got used to the climate, now I got used to the weather, but then again, we played a match in Leicestershire or something, but now we have to go to Baston, which is, again, known to be a cauldron for England, so different conditions. So between the time needed to get used to the climate, the weather, and the time needed to get used to the food or whatever else they need to get used to, to finally start, you know, uh, feeling in their element, would that happen within this one test match? That's a little tough to call. But one good thing is that they need to win this test. England definitely needs to win this test to actually draw the series out. Even if they draw, India would end up taking the series, which is a great position to be in. But it's again this one test that we get to play. So taking all things in perspective, you have to say England are favourites to probably win, especially if we allow them to bat the last innings. I don't think we should make that mistake. Seeing what they did with New Zealand, somehow if we can avoid that, I think that would be good. But man, looking at all these things, looking at what's happened, 10 months uh, in the gap, playing a completely different team, on both sides, well, I won't say both sides, but more more so on the English side, and they're playing well, I think it looks like one hell of a test match that we're going to watch. And I cannot wait because I pretty much lost respect for all other cricket. It's only the test matches that I like watching now. And that too, more so the overseas test matches are more exciting. What happened in South Africa? Let's not talk about that. I think we did not cover the South Africa test because in terms of drama, there was not that much. In terms of ups and downs, in terms of, you know, a juicy little script being played out, there was not that much there. Uh, Except for that one moment where people are ranting into the stump mics. That was something. But apart from that, it was a straightforward loss. But I'm really looking forward to this test that's going to come up in, I think, tomorrow. By the time this goes up, it will be tomorrow. It will be the next day. Man, it's going to be one hell of a test match, guys. What do you guys think? What are your predictions? You can let us know on our socials. On Twitter, we are at ThighGap. On Instagram, we are at underscore thigh Gap. And you can even write to our email at mindthighgap at gmail.com if you have more to say than what a usual DM allows. But yeah, would love to hear what your theories are before the test match is done, of course, because the next week our episode is going to be on this final test itself, which hopefully India ends up winning. That would be great. But let's see. Even if we don't, if it's a cracker of a match, as they say, that's still something to take away. That brings us to the end of this particular episode. And as we always say, thigh gap, subscribe and share.